0: From the Ron McKee Podcast Network, I'm Isaiah Castilleja, and this is Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0. In this episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0, Coach Souza talks to us about How auditing athletes and understanding their likes and dislikes about the weight room helps you become a better coach. The importance of treating individuals as humans first and athletes second. And the biggest similarities and differences between professional and collegiate athletes. All this on another episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0. TeamBuilder is the premier strength and conditioning app for teams and private facilities. Used by more than 2,500 organizations around the world, performance coaches can write training programs online for athletes to access on their mobile app or on tablets in the weight room. You can even print individualized workout cards of your programs directly from their systems. Right now, when you start a 14-day trial, use promo code CHALK, that is promo code C-H-A-L-K, to access more than 70 strength and conditioning programs directly in your Team Builder account, including four sports science questionnaire templates. Today, coaches from around the country use Team Builder's built in questionnaire module to create COVID 19 pre screening questionnaires sent to athletes daily. We've been using Team Builder at MSU Denver for several years now and cannot recommend them enough. Hewitt and his staff go above and beyond to help create an outstanding user experience for all the teams they work with. I have yet to run into a type of periodization or programming format that the staff at Team Builder cannot tackle and create. From asking around, it is clear more college and high school strength coaches use TeamBuilder more than any other training program available. Go to teambuilder.com and check them out.
1: Athletes won't know the difference.
0: No, they won't. I, I I'm a big fan of that cuz I remember when I was the low man on the totem pole and knowing the work I was doing and how I was treated amongst the staff, I you know you know you're the low man on the totem pole, but when it was with the athletes it was just, you know, coach Castieha and it was like okay, like the athletes, yeah, and the athletes see you as coach Castieja, not intern GA or, you know, part-time assistant. It was just coach um and i think that's great now how did you take all that with you to auburn cuz auburn is when you really kind of i would say I, I think most people took notice i mean i definitely that's when i started talking reaching out and talking to you was when you're back at auburn and you know you're at a power 5 you know you're working with with one team how did you i'm, I'm trying to figure out how to word this but and Because I have the same way with my kids because I don't come from a lot. So when I'm raising my I, – I have a lot of grit, but I'm raising my kids. But I was like, I don't want my kids to go through all the, the BS that I went through, but I don't want them to be like – Soft. Yeah, I don't want them <laughs> to be entitled. So it's the yeah. same thing with, with my interns. I was like, there's some stuff I don't want. I don't think interns should go through because I don't think it's right. But also at the same time, but I also – there's like there's some stuff I want them to like yeah. – my biggest thing in my internship is f i o just figure it out like you, like you said with the med balls like look, it didn't be sewed. I don't care how you sew it, just get it done um so how how did how did you take that grit and all that craziness that you went through at Tulsa and be able to apply it at Auburn and know you had interns there and how do you get instill that in your interns at Auburn um knowing that you know you got one team? it's probably a little bit better funded and it's not as dramatic as it was at Tulsa.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, Oh, that's, that's loaded. Cause uh, I don't know, like, uh, there are a lot of times, you know, working with interns, like I try to apply pressure on them in a certain way, but then somehow it got back to me as, and I, and I, I analyze the situation a little bit as a failure. Um, and that's okay. Cause I realized like, you know, no two people are the same. Right. And it's like treat everybody fairly, but don't treat everybody equally. I guess, you know, like, uh, I don't even know if that makes sense, but, or if that kind of, you know, we talk so much about equality now that I don't want to, you know, get my hand through my feet, whatever. But, um, it's, I'm trying to think like, like when, when you're like, when you get to be in charge of, you know, a crew or interns or assistants or whatever, it's just, it's just important that they feed off of your uh, passion and discipline and, and, you know, like your care for the profession. And, And I think that will teach more than anything because I feel like when a person realized they disappointed some of respect, that's when the biggest change happened. Right. Uh, and I'm with you. I'm not very much a, a, like I'm not in your face type coach. I'm not in your face type uh, mentor. Uh, it's, it's literally like, Hey, this is this is the plan. This is the love. This is the 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 ability. This is what I'm trying to convey here. Uh, are you guys good with it? Yeah, no, okay, move on, you know, and and, and you just kind of like teeter with that because uh after all, people will follow you, right? Because of you make them feel a certain way. And people are not gonna follow you if you make them feel Right. Like I want to I want the, the the interns or the assistants or the, the part time coaches to feel like 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 we're basically like we're equal humans. You know, I might have a different title work wise, but the reality is I want to pour into you so you can get something out of this because I'm getting some help out of you. And and it's a it's a two way street. So um, and and don't be afraid to make the expectations very clear. And I fail at this multiple times where either I think that I'm conveying things clearly, but clearly I'm not, you know? Um, And then really learning like communication styles and learning how to talk to people and body language and all that kind of like soft art stuff uh, is important, especially when you're dealing with, with coworkers. Right. So to answer your question, um, You know, how how are you going to, you know, make sure like you're helping people grow, but, you know, you're not making them go through some of the hardships or the the stupid stuff that we had to do. Or, you know, um, I, I grew so much from uncomfortable, from being in a spot where I was like pissed and mad and angry. And but that's a very... Very tipsy spot to be because I thought about quitting multiple times. Right. And then something in me ignited, and it was like, no, like fuck this, like one foot in front of the other, like, you know, like you got this. Like it's a, a lot of self talk and self affirmation. Like I burned the boats, bro. I came here. I'm not going back to Brazil. Right. And that always came back to my head. So, did I grow because of the pressure applied in me or did I grow because of my mindset? And where did my mindset actually form? There's no spot in place. It's, uh, it grows over time and your experiences and your perspectives put you in that vibe where you can make these decisions, right? So the goal is when you're mentoring someone. I don't have kids and I admire you for, you know, having the army that you got. Um, (laughs) (laughs) They're funny, man. Uh, So it's like, I I see that, but I I think kind of, again, corny way, but love kind of fixes that the love and the passion, you know, Uh, people can feel that. So um, uh, I know I'm all over the place and I feel bad because I wish I could give you something more direct, but
0: it's no, it's good. And that's the that kind of insight we're, insight we're looking for is just real. Like I'm just trying to, we're just trying to all figure this uh giant puzzle out that we call strength conditioning and we, we all got different ways of going about it. So I think that's important. Now what's the difference or is there a difference between the collegiate athlete and the professional athlete
1: yes and no you know like we could talk about this for a whole hour and a half um (laughs) dude like you know the story is like uh, i'll try to summarize it fast um and i talk about this in a presentation before um the one day i lost my like I lost my cool. And, uh, one of our athletes at Auburn and it wasn't really like I got on someone's face. It was literally like, why are you doing this? Cause you know, this person walked in with, with, you know, some McDonald's and, you know, like, like French fries and a milkshake and like, that kind of set me off. And, and I'm not saying like, anybody, my mind, looking back, I'm like, why am I mad about this? Like they're, you know, they're young, they're young adults, like trying to figure out life. Like they probably woke up late. That was the thing right outside their dorm. They swipe through the drive-thru. They grabbed that, you know, like calories is better than no calories. Right. But to me as a strength coach, You know, I'm looking at our fridge in the weight room and we have all kinds of yogurts, granola bars, smoothies, all the healthier stuff, you know. And so why are you choosing that over that? And I just lost it. I was like, this is absurd. Why are you doing this? And, you know, the athlete looked at me kind of like, like I was like Medusa or something, you know, Like, like what? Like what? What am I, uh, 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 and I, and then after that, I felt super bad. Cause you know, I, I talked to my, my fiance and she's like, instead of losing your shit, why don't you go over there? I'm like, here, eat this fruit with it. Like make, make the worst a little less worse. Right. Like bring a solution. Don't freaking throw a tamper tantrum. Um, fast forward to the nuggets, you know, First week in the job, my boss says, hey, go downstairs. See if so-and-so has arrived. Talking about a player. Oh, I look in the locker. He's not there. I look around the corner. I see him coming up the hallway with a freaking bag of McDonald's, man. (laughs) And I'm looking around. I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? Like, we have a chef in here cooking, like, fresh omelets and and, and you walking with a bag of McDonald's? But that's when, like, it daunted me. Of course, this is what I'm thinking. I'm not acting like this, right? Because I'm like, dude, it, they're all the same, but they're not, you know? And then I was like, hey, how long do you need to get ready to get rolling? And then he's like, my bad. Like, I, t- I had to take my mod to the airport, uh, so I was just running a little late. I was like... That's why you have a McDonald's bag, you know, there's more context to this. And, and and like, I learned so much from that initial situation at Auburn that this time around, you know, the nuggets, it's like, Oh, it's no big deal, but it's like, (laughs) you know, after the fact, you know, we build a little more trust with each other. It was like, Hey, what's up with the McDonald's bag? (laughs) You know, like, like, why'd you do that? Or like, how often did you do it? Just to try to kind of, you know, learn from the situation. And so when you ask me like, like, what's the difference between, you know, collegiate athletes and, and professional athletes? Well, there's a big one for you where they're different, but they're not, you know? Um, we can get into a little bit more of like the motivation and kind of what makes them tick. Um, and, and it's very hard because, um, you know, at the level I was in the collegiate realm, uh, women's basketball, the, their desire to play professional sometimes is not there. You know, like in a roster of 12, 15 athletes, you get maybe because I, you know, I've done this every year at, at Auburn. I was like, show of hands if you want to play pro after here. You know, and you get average like two, three. Like you get a couple, a couple players go like this. Like, I'm not sure if it happens, happens, but you know, I'm really looking into med school or PT and and I'm like okay well you go to the the guys and it's like hey who showhand who wants to play pro and you get like 11 12 you know oh yeah definitely overseas you know and so there's some more like differences where like the spectrum right like this is one side of the coin and this is the complete opposite side so um at the end of the day, man. Like my conclusion, and hopefully to give someone something a little more tangible, uh, or uh, like you said, like that you can apply. Uh, it's like just treat everybody as humans, you know. And then humans first, athletes second, um, professional third, right? And and it's funny because, like here, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I'm going to mess with the curve again. Right. So the food was kind of food habits are similar. Right. So they're here. And then you have like, oh, I want to play pro and I don't want to play pro. So you have complete sides of the spectrum. And then when it comes to training, you know, I like I had I had girls at Auburn that would lift more than the guys in the NBA currently. Right. And this is not a gender race. Right. I'm not saying like, oh, like this and that, please. But. What I'm trying to point out is like, dude, like, it's the same. Like, it, like training collegiate athletes is very similar to training pros. What What can change at times is just your delivery and your approach, right? In college, we have more freedom from a discipline standpoint. Where in the pros, I believe you got to tie more of a friendship culture to your approach and your delivery. Not so they feel like, oh, like I'm buddy buddies with the coach, but. Because they have the authority, per se, to just basically tell you to fuck off. <laughs> when in college, if an athlete tells you to f**k off, he's like, oh, I'm going to talk to your coach. I'm like, and I'm not saying pros can't do that, right? Like, what I'm saying is, like, that's most likely to happen in the professional level. You know? And, and people are going to come out of, the, out of the bushes, like, swinging, like, oh, Klaus, that's ridiculous. Why are you saying that? I'm like, have you worked in the pros? Have you heard of stories of athletes, like, basically telling people to fuck off? Well, guess what, dog? It happens. And it will happen if you're not careful about it, you know? If you think you strength coach of the year and you're perfect and you get into one of those high-profile people and you get in their face and you start, like, tripping, they'll be like, yo, why is this guy tripping? They'll call you out, right? So, yeah. Know this too, like, again, another difference, right? Oh, what's the difference between college and pros? Well, some of this stuff you can get away in the collegiate round, right? Like, I freaking flipped a bench before. I freaking punched the wall. Like, you do that in the pros, like, people are going to start looking in a certain, certain different way, you know? And you might not be able to fly with that. I hope I'm not rambling, but hopefully all this is kind of, like, making sense.
0: No, it makes perfect sense. And and I think that's important for everybody to hear because I, you're, I think, what, my second or third professionals, like strength coach that we've had from the, the professional leagues. And I just want to help lift the veil a little bit because I know on the collegiate realm with a lot of aspiring, you know, either full time or like just started strength coach there. I mean, even for me, it was professional or nothing at all that was you know a long time ago though because uh, like you said perspective has changed and I'm, I'm good aware but um you know i want to just give other coaches an insight to what it's like to be at the level you're at and now i've got a couple more questions i want to be respectful of your time but uh um, do we still have a half an hour perfect sober. okay you know what is the one misconception about being a professional or nba strength conditioning coach that you know i guess what's the biggest misconception of the position that we don't train hard you know dudes
1: love to say like oh here we go here comes the nba guys with their halftime circuit show or like here come the nba guys with you know like their speed ladders and i'm like again like go ahead like that don't really hurt me you know why because I feel like I have a a thicker skin and and part of it is maybe my martial arts background and also my GA years you know and and the struggles that I lived down back then because they help you you know deal with criticism they help you deal with the opposing or the resistance so um dude we train really freaking hard man and and to be honest with you with with the schedule that we have right let's 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 talk about this for a second and it's like okay so we have you know 72 games this season we basically play every other day how can you justify really training like you know what i'm saying right like like if you were the guy like driving this car, how can you justify that on the day off, we got to go hard or, or that how can you justify like this is what they got to, they got to get under the bar and and lift, like not this frou-frou stuff. I'm like, do you understand the demands of the sport? Let's reverse engineer this. You know what I'm saying? Let's people like, Oh, I hate hearing maintenance. There's no such thing. You're either getting better. You're not. I'm like, okay, here we go. Like, like, oh, dude! Like, you know, like people always say, like, oh, I know how to do this, but they're not on the same seat. I said when I was a grad assistant, I was like, when I become a head guy, blah 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 blah. This is what I'm gonna do, and this and that, and then and then I become the head guy at Auburn, which I'm not the head guy. You know, my head coach still running the whole thing, and and I'm like, dude, this is this is tough. You know, making decisions. You know. Or the interns will be like, hey, like, why don't we do this? And then I'm like, great idea. Uh, I don't see it. (laughs) You know, like, so that's the big misconception. Like, we train hard. Like, I'm talking like we got some guys in our teams that are freaking savages, right? But define hard. It might not be Olympic lifting. It might not be, you know, like traditional lifting. It might not be heavy, heavy loading. Cause what's the point? You know what I'm saying? When you got to endure what you are supposed to endure and be a, like availability. Right. Um, but here's the thing we're on. A, I don't know. Four game road trip. We're gone for nine days. We play four games in seven days you know what I'm saying? In there, there's a back-to-back, which for the people that don't know, it's like you play, let's say, on a Tuesday, and then you play another game on a Wednesday. Um, like, like, yeah. Like, showing up on time, uh, doing your 20-minute lift, taking care of your training room time, getting the prep work with the trainers and the PTs, You know, eating your pre and your post meal, going to bed as early as you can. Like, that's freaking hard, man. That's hard to stick to the schedule and not fall into temptation, get a quick bite, eat the unhealthy stuff or like stay up. And then I don't know, go to the club or whatever. Now, with COVID it's kind of tough. But like, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's hard. You know, and then the guys show up ready to go. Freaking, what you got for me? Like, that's freaking hard, man. But then you got these dudes out there. It's like, oh, they don't train hard. Like, quantify hard for me, please. Like, what are you talking about? Because, yeah, it's easy to, like, go balls to the wall when you got a lift on a Tuesday, but you don't play until Saturday. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you can run your sprints and do this and do that. And then, like, like, you know, we get all these injuries – and people are like, oh, it's because they don't train right. I'm like, come on, bro. Come over here and and, and and do this for me for a split second. And please, please tell me you got a better solution. Cause I'm all up for it. I'll freaking learn. I that's all I want, you know? So that's I think that's the biggest misconception. Like like every team like you're gonna have a dude that doesn't work hard and you're gonna have dudes that are like do everything you ask them for and then you're gonna have a group of people in that middle of the pack where some days you can tell they're off some days they're like great you know
0: so we'll be right back this episode is brought to you by optimum nutrition athletics After dominating the sports nutrition industry for over 30 years, the newly created Optimum Nutrition Athletics brings the same trust and quality at a great price. They've worked hard to put convenient nutritional supplement options in the hands of your athletes. Because of the increased demands, ON now offers their third-party tested NSF-certified Gold Standard Whey Protein Powder in 10-pound bags exclusively for their athletics partners. ON even released ready-to-drink cartons of their gold-standard whey protein shakes for your athletes and coaches that are on the go. Colleges and universities across the country have partnered with ON to give their athletes the highest quality nutritional supplements, and ON continues to deliver. They provide flexibility and affordability for all their partners. If you'd like to learn more about their expanding line of supplement products, or if you're interested in becoming a partner, contact ON's Rachel Kravitz on Instagram at O-N underscore athletics underscore West or email rkravitz at glambia.com. Definitely. No, I think that's uh it's, it's important to know because I think the big takeaway is like, like, until you sit, you've sat in my chair and you know, like what the schedule is, then you'll know like, Define hard because like, that's a that's a tough schedule when you just it out there. I was like, dude, there's no. I mean, these guys are machines, you know, they have to be regimented and take care of themselves. They got to go 72 games.
1: And, and then you start running into issues, too. We're like, what equipment is available? We're on the road like half of the season, right? Like. <laughs> So it's like, what do you got? Hotel gyms, you know, some of them are good. Some of them are bad. This year was very challenging because the best hotels that had some of the good gyms, like they weren't offered to us. Like we had to have this like private room with like a treadmill and dumbbells up to 50. You know, and then and then like you see a guy doing like a rear foot elevated split squat with 50s and then you get murdered online because like that's wide, no proper loading. That's not enough with the amount of force that go through these guys bodies and you're doing like split squats with 50s. I'm like, hey, grab a 50 on each hand, do a rear foot elevated split squat, take 15 seconds to go down and 15 seconds to come up and then let me know if you're not shaking like a bamboo, bro. So like there's ways we can slice this, but you know, you can make hard harder and you can also make hard easier. It's just, it's just again, it's perspective and it's like really, what's the point of what you're doing? Cause that that's we ask ourselves all the time, like why why is that exercise in there? Like, you know, especially with the pros, like where time is such a commodity. Matter of fact, college is the same thing. Like, I don't think we strength coaches sometimes respect uh, athletes times, like we, we like coaches love strength and conditioning so much that they get so like out there and they make these sessions like an hour and a half long. And I'm like, dude, their attention span has shown through research and human evolution that this thing is decreasing by the year. And we're over here, like doing these long ass sessions. Like I'm talking like 45 minutes in and out, man, work your ass off, get out. Right. Right. In the pros, that's even more reduced because they have all these other obligations, right? And in college, the reality is, dude, they also have class, they have family, they have their personal stuff, they have practice, they have, uh, you know, player development stuff, they have to go to the cafeteria to eat, they got to go to their room, they got to study, all of that. And we're over here making these kids live for like an hour and a half. Oh, field work prep, uh, core activation, correctives. Now we're going to get into the meats and potatoes of the session. And then this is going to be like freaking five sets of everything. And then we're going to finish with like a, a grinder. Like, dude, like, is that really what they need right now? Like, you know, don't get me wrong. I love strength and conditioning, bro. But I also understand that. <laughs> Your athletes don't love strength and conditioning as much as you do. And if you can understand that, they're going to love you more for it. They don't don't care about triphasic training and, you know, like oxidative squats. They don't care about that. They don't care about, you know, hypertrophy and all this stuff. They care about how you make them feel.
0: That's a... You're nailing all, all on the head. It's just a whole bunch of good stuff for everybody to listen to. I'm sorry, just go off. Hopefully it's not too much rambling. But. No, no, it, it's it's perfect. Now, and I know we've, we've talked about it a little bit with your perspective, but what was one piece of advice for that young strength coach that might just be getting done with their internship or they're, like you say, in the, in the GA, they're in the the grind of our profession and they're kind of, you know, they're trying to figure things out. What's one piece of advice you'd give to that coach? Don't take things personal.
1: Um, you know, if, if here's a good book, the four agreements, um, you know, and one of the agreements is like don't take things personal. Because <laughs> the moment you take things personal, it becomes like a, like a like a like a me versus you thing. When sometimes people do say mean things and if, if you don't let that that mean thing hits your head and 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 kind of like you're not taking it in, you just kind of like bouncing off of you. Um try to understand the actual message itself. You know, like, like I was so pissed I had to solve med balls. And my hands were hurting because, you know, after a while, and of course I procrastinated like any other good, you know, human. Uh, I was like, oh, I'll do this after the groups. I'll do this after my lift or I'll do this later tonight when no one's here. So I can, you know, throw a podcast in or listen to music or whatever. Um, and then now I'm scrambling to get it done. Cause I said I was going to done by tomorrow morning or whatever. Right. Um, and so it's like, yeah. Don't take things personal. Uh, coaches are going to criticize you. Sport coaches are going to come talk to you and be like, Oh, I really like this drill. Oh, that guy's stupid. Like he does no training. I don't tell him what drills to run at practice. Like we love saying that. Right. But it's like, dude, like put his lenses on or like flip the conversation from his perspective. He wants to see something, you know, like find a, a middle ground, try to communicate better but you're going to be able to do this. If you don't take things personally, you know, if you don't take like them talking to you as a, as a criticism and even the criticism is not necessarily a bad thing. You just kind of, it's feedback. Right. Um, and if, if you work with five teams and four teams that come into you asking to change things, like I, I I will be more inclined to bet that maybe there's something wrong with your delivery, you know? And, and then again, like, please don't take offense to this. Right. Don't take it personal, like, like, try to learn from the situation. You know, my, my first months at Auburn were very rough because I came in with all this energy and very quickly, I felt like I was the worst coach in the world. Matter of fact, I thought about quitting again. Right. Um, and the reason was, cause I felt like the athletes weren't responding to me, you know, and I'm like, why, why is this happening? You know, I had this WNBA experience, like they should be loving the weight room. And that's when I realized, like, like, Klaus, don't take this personal. The fact that they don't love what you love doesn't make them bad or worse, right? You love strength and conditioning for a reason. Great. Wear that on your sleeves, wear your passion, but also understand that your passion is about nudging these players to train more. To enjoy the process. So if you don't make it like that for them, it's just going to be a clash of philosophy and a clash of of, uh, of interest. You love this so much, they hate it. So every time you come with all that excitement, they're gonna, you know, like disperse away from you. So, so it's like don't take things personal. If your athletes don't like the weight room, try to find ways that they will enjoy a little bit more. And it it don't get me wrong. Like you're not going to change, you know, overnight. If someone doesn't like the weight room, it might take time. It might take effort. It might take like, Hey, so-and-so let's, let's talk through. Like, what do you think of the session? What's an exercise that you love? What's an exercise that you hate? Is there anything I can do better as a strength coach? You know what I'm saying? Um, I did that at Auburn, um, I would sit down girls in the uh, I would sit down players in the weight room and uh, I would ask them uh, like I ended the year survey. Right. Hey, what's one thing that the weight room needs to change? Oh, we don't like this. What's one thing that you do like? Oh, we love that. And it's funny, right? Because you start finding you starting finding some cohesive information. We talk about collecting data from performance. Like, are you are you auditing your athletes on their experience with the weight room? And, and then flat out, listen, you look at them in the eye and be like, is there anything that me, Klaus, needs to change when I'm coaching you? Yeah, I don't like when you yell. Guess what? You, that could be an outlier, right? That could be one person that says, like, I don't like when you yell. And then you look back and you like, I never yell at you, but like, guess what? Now I'm taking it personal, right? I never yell at you, but no, dude, just listen, write it down, you know, fold it. Make sure no one reads that paper because, you know information or whatever but then guess what when you have 15 surveys and i know I'm, I'm sorry like this is easy to do when you only have one team uh if you have six seven eight whatever like it becomes hard right but that's a good tip right because now now you start writing down and then even if you erase the name on the top of the paper of who you're talking to if you have 15 papers and what klaus can do better as a coach and then you Every person gave you two, three bullet points. And then it says that like Klaus yells too much. Dude, you know, the perception of that team towards you is that you're too loud. So now you can start like tinkering a little bit with your wheelhouse and coaching. It's like, oh, we don't like like when you explain things with all these fancy words or like when the the, the pre-lifting breakdown is too long. You know, you're like, dude, uh, I mean, there's in, the, in a survey of, you know, 15... 15 athletes you got that message eight times and mind you like these players are coming in individually on their own time or after lift you know you select two and then you'd be like hey let's just talk real quick you know everybody else can go that way you can start building you know what uh one of my favorite questions now in the nba is like when we we get a guy from a different team it's like hey how was uh how was strength and conditioning over there you know? And I like to call the coaches too. I'm like, Hey, how's so-and-so player. And, and you start logging all this information. And it's like, you start, you look back and you read and you think about it and you're like, Oh, okay. And, and that can really help you. And again, like, don't take things personal, right? You have all this amount of information. You read at it clearly. Um, you start finding the patterns and then you can somehow change your, uh, your approach as a coach. And then do talk, talk to me and say that that's not evolving
0: and growing. You know, no, that's man. You you got you got it on the head of both of them. Hey, eh? Don't take it personal. And I think it's it. I do survey as much as I can, but like you said, you can't take it personal because if the whole team says they don't like it, it's it's something that you need to adjust and just be a grown adult and be like, all right, like I need to adjust my approach, or it could just be an outlier. And uh, I think that's some great advice. Uh, so what's coming up? In the next year that you're excited about, is there something? What's uh, what's got you excited about the, coming up next year?
1: Man, honestly, uh, it, it's funny. Like life is so finite that uh, I don't look at it on the long term as much. You know, I had a, a very in depth conversation uh, with uh, Candice and the other day about you know goals like. We always talk about goal setting, goal setting, goal setting. It's like, oh, like, what am I going to accomplish on the first quarter? And then by the end of this year, I want to have this done. And and to me, like, you know, we can, like, the the acronym SMART and, you know, like, specific, measurable, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, whatever. But that that don't work with me, man. Like, that's just me. Um, I don't look forward to, like, what's next. I'm more like, what am I going to get done today? You know, and I, I, maybe it's just how my brain is wired. I, I I do believe I have a good big picture ability in my head. I have a terrible big picture ability to put it on a piece of paper or on a plan. Right. Um, I like the idea of like, OK, like today, fired up, talking to Isaiah podcast. And then I'm going to go to work and then, you know, we got team picture today and it's like, let's go, you know, playoff starts tomorrow. Like, like okay. that's kind of my, my kind of flow. It's like, and it's not like I'm going to write a list of 10 things to do today. Cause I would hate to like get to five and not get the other five done. So now I'm disappointed in myself and I don't like the negativity that I think about that. Right. So when I say like, what's in the next year, I don't know. Life is the next year. I just want to keep building perspective. I want to keep experience things and and I want to keep this thing fun. And when you live like one day at a time, I feel like you enjoy more because I don't want to be like, Oh, like, I really want that job one day. Or, "I, I, you know, I want to save money to buy this. I'm like, uh, let's, I don't know. Let's, yeah, maybe, (laughs) you know, like, (laughs) like I just like having conversations with other coaches. I have a passion to learn and, uh, it's funny. Like this, this thing gets more and more fun. The, the older I get into the profession for me at least. Right.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, it's always fun. And I knew when I got you on here, I was going to have a good one, but yeah, it's a, you have a hell of a story. And, uh, what uh, social media do you have? Do you want to give a shout out or if, how, if anybody wanted to follow up on anything, what's the best way they could find you?
1: Dude. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm open, you know, Klaus and Tunis all together on Instagram. That's probably the best way to reach me. Um, most of the time I will read your message, uh, one way or the other. Uh, I might not respond right away, but you know, I. I dude it's like I'm I'm here to help uh so many people help me so you know just just reach out um I don't have any sort of like like way of doing certain things um I don't think reaching out to a coach on social media isn't appropriate I think there's a way of doing that appropriately right um like but that that's about it you know Klaus and Tunis all together. And I'm sure we can link that after, but I'm here for the ride. I'm here for the growth. I'm here for the learning experience that I'm here to like get to know more people.
0: Absolutely. Uh, I just want to say thanks for being on coach. I've had a, a lot of experience. And when you say you, you know, it doesn't matter. You're always reaching out. I remember when you reached out, when you're, when I know now, when you're coming out to talk to the nuggets, but you were still at Auburn, I was like, why the hell his calls like trying to get a hold of me a d2 in denver i was like i have no idea like you even knew i existed but i i appreciate everything and your your friendship and all the all the great advice because you you always bring it man and i think uh, all all the listeners and coaches are definitely will learn a lot yeah anytime man i'm here to help
1: if you know follow-ups or whatever like we can do it all like i'm 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 game I appreciate what you do. I admire what you guys do. And it's like, you know, people talk about higher level, lower level, mid-major and all this stuff. It don't matter though. Like you're coaching humans, you, you're making people better.
0: And I think that's really the end goal. Uh, Absolutely. Coach. I appreciate you. Have a, yeah. Thank you so much, man. Appreciate you. The Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0 podcast is brought to you by Play. Listen in on a conversation with Play's Global Director of Performance and Education, Coach Mike Bewley. Coach Bewley describes the vision of how Play will continue to be the company that will propel the innovation of the strength and conditioning profession forward.
1: Well, after 22 years of, of coaching, I've learned that connection trumps communication and that it's not enough for coaches to know that you care. And I think you got to take that step step further. They need to experience that you care. And I've always been a coach that tried to be more uh, transformational than transactional. And so with that awareness in mind too, I always enjoyed working and learning and talking to other people and, and coaches and developing that camaraderie, I've always been, made myself available to the community because I remember how hard it was too, to try to get a crack into this, this profession. And uh, I promised myself if ever I was given
0: a shot, I would never take advantage of that. I always allow myself to uh, help other people uh, chase their dreams in this profession because so it's been very good to me. Play is a company that will help your strength conditioning program find solutions for all your needs. Review second best and check them out at play.us for more information. Thanks everyone for listening. Thank you to our great guests for taking the time to share their experiences. Thank you to Play and Team Builder for being great companies that help our profession. And most importantly, thank you, the listeners. Please find us on social media at Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0. Find our show notes on wherever you listen to your podcasts. Leave us a rating, comment, and subscribe. And don't forget to say hi. It's great to hear from coaches from around the country. Talk to you all next week on another episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0.